Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. James, if you want to get a chance to get there. Scripture we all know, and um, uh, you know, I don't know if, if anybody else has been like this, but for me... Uh, when I was growing up, I'd always hear this verse and always take it as a correction. It's actually just good encouragement here. And verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Um, you know, uh, this is something that, uh, you know, anytime we approach God's word, you know, and these things are the, the Bible, the things that are written to us are for our encouragement to help us to grow. We want to be successful and fruitful in life, don't we? we amen, don't we? Do you, want your, do you want to be successful and fruitful in life? Yeah. And everything we need to do that has been given to us. Really, this, this life of faith is an easy one if we'll actually do what God's word says. Follow the written instructions. It's easy. But when you get that off and try to get off on the world's GPS system, it's going to lead you astray. But when we follow his directions, it is an easy thing. But this scripture says, you know, not to be hearers, of, uh, 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 hearers but to, uh, you know, to make sure that we are not only hearers, but also doers what it, of what, we're, we're to, what the word says. And, and this is something that we're each to examine our own life and to make sure that, um, you know, we're on course. We're doing what we said, what, what the word tells us to do. Amen. How you know it doesn't do any benefit to, to uh, uh, examine somebody else's life? We need to be examining our own life, Correct. Amen. So uh, verse 23 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And really, this sums it up right here, uh, uh, looking into God's word and being a faithful follower of it. And I like what it says, continues in it. Continuing in it, continuing with the things that we know, continuing in God's word. What a promise we have there. Not a forgetful hearer, but we continue in it. This one, the person who makes sure in their life that they're continuing in the things that they've heard, this one will be blessed in what he does. Amen? Go over to 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, 2 Peter, the first chapter. Praise the Lord. Let me find it here. Second Peter chapter one. How many know that you can do this? Everybody say, I can do this. This is not for just a, a select few. This is for everybody. You can do this. You can be a doer of the word. You can continue in it. Amen. Second Peter, uh, uh, these are scriptures that, that I love and I, and I look at frequently. And there's so many things here uh, that we can examine. And one of the things that we examine in our own life and these, these scriptures here that are written. And we'll just start in, in verse 1. It says, Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse number 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given, everybody say has given, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Isn't it good to know that God's divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness? That means it's been made available to us. It belongs to us. Amen. And it's because it's been given to us by God. No one else can take that from us. Amen. You know, your success is guaranteed. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. Your success has been divinely, what you need to succeed has been divinely given to you. Amen. It says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse number five, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue, not to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. Can I get an amen out there? Amen. To self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. It's interesting. There's an interesting note there. Brotherly kindness and love are two different things. Amen. We need to make sure we're not just kind. We're actually in love with one another. Amen. It says, but to brotherly kindness, love. Verse 8, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren... Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will never fall. But sometimes we read these things, I think we just look over them because we're familiar with them. What a promise. What, this is God's word to us, that if we'll do these things. Now, obviously, some of these things are, 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 are or can be and definitely are trying on our flesh, self-control, perseverance, uh, brotherly kindness, love. Sometimes it is a stretch on our flesh to do these things. But when we do it, it says uh, to, be make, uh, to be diligent, to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble or fall. We've got a guarantee right here. If we'll do these things, we will never stumble, never fall. That's good news. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So these verses of scriptures are ones, like I said, that, uh, that I like to go back to and personally read over because they're written to believers and they're for our encouragement, our instruction to make sure we never stumble or fall. How you know that stumbling and falling, both of them are not good, but it's possible to go through life where we stumble through life. We're not supposed to stumble through life. I know, I don't know about you, but I've stumbled a few times and I have scars to prove that I've stumbled in different times. Stumbling is not good, but being sure-footed through life can guarantee that we come through no matter what it is without any scars or markings. We look more like, we look like Jesus like we're supposed to, Amen. So like I said, these are scriptures that I've looked at and that I love, and, and, and you can just really, verses 5 through, we could, uh, on through uh, verses uh, 7, you could stop and one by one uh, look at different ones, and I've done that in times past, different words, but one of these has been standing out to me, and we'll start again in verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, and this is the word that, that stand, stood out for me, or to me, is perseverance. To self-control, perseverance. Now, I looked up, you know, internetdictionary.com, perseverance, uh, that word, what does that mean? That means it's a steady persistence in a course of action, a purpose, or a state. Steady persistence in a course of action, purpose, or state, especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. Said so adding to your faith, add perseverance. One of the things to add to us is perseverance, a steady persistence. When I hear steady persistence, that means it is a one step at a time persistence. You know, our persistence doesn't have to finish the race right now. Our persistence needs to take the next step. And I believe that's for somebody. And I wouldn't plan on saying that, but that's for somebody. You wonder what to do. What's the next step? 
What is the old saying? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You do it by taking one bite after another. Well, how do you steady persistence? It's one step at a time. But the moment you quit taking that one step, you're not adding perseverance to your faith. And the moment you take that perseverance out, you might have faith. You can have faith without perseverance, a steady persistence in the face of difficulty, you quit moving forward. And that's the moment where we fall, uh, we get into danger of, not, uh, of our election not being sure and getting into a place where we can stumble or fall. But if we have a steady persistence, we'll continue to move forward. And so I just want to look at a couple of things uh, uh, tonight. Well, the amplified of that, of that, it says in persistence, it says steadfastness, patience, endurance. Steadfastness, patience, endurance. And so tonight I want to talk a little bit about perseverance. I'm talking a little about persistence tonight. Uh, go with me over to uh, Mark chapter, or Matthew. Actually, we'll just go to Mark chapter 10. I, w- I was going to read all three of these, but for sake of time, we won't. Uh, Mark chapter 10, or 20 rather, uh, verses 29 through 34. You can go back and, and, and write that down and go back and read it. Uh, there's Mark chapter 10. We'll read that. We'll also read Luke 18. And uh, when you go back and read these, you, you know, you can, you'll notice that there's some different things recorded here that, that the different authors noted. And uh, in the book of Matthew, it talks about two blind men that are healed. And in, chapter, in Mark and in Luke, it only talks about one. It talks about Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. But uh, sometimes don't let stuff like that trip you up, you know, because everybody uh, uh, doesn't mean there's a contradiction there. Somebody was talking to me recently about contradictions and, and things. You know, there's no contradiction. There's no contradiction in God's word. And uh, just because Ma- Matthew mentions two people, two blind people, doesn't name anybody specifically, and Mark and Luke only may- name one person, doesn't mean they're contradicting one another. They're just telling different sides, different aspects uh, uh, of the same story. It's kind of like, you know, Amy and I, uh, we like to go to Virginia during the summer on vacation. We like to run up to her parents. We got a place up there. And some people may ask me, what did you do? Well, we went to Virginia. Okay. You know, in some conversations, maybe that's all that I'll mention. We went to Virginia. But if I'm talking to somebody else that's an outdoorsman, I know, uh, you know, Josh Jett has been camping and done all this stuff. We might talk about, uh, I think they've hiked a little bit of the Appalachian Trail. I might mention to him, well, we've hiked the Appalachian Trail when we were there. Anybody ever done that before? Super fun. Like, nope. It is super fun. So we, we hiked you know, the Appalachian Trail, walked about uh, 20 some odd miles, you know, and the Appalachian Trail was beautiful. So I might tell that to one person, but not to the next person. And somebody else may be talking to who knows the area and say, well, we went to Dismal Falls. Well, just because I didn't tell you Dismal Falls, but I told somebody else, doesn't mean I'm contradicting myself. I'm just adding more, giving more account of what happened. So, you know, we read these things, we read these stories, these examples in the Bible, these accounts. Don't let these minor variations uh, 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 trip you up. They're just different aspects, different things that people meant, noticed, and really different things that the Holy Spirit was emphasizing for, for different reasons. So, Matthew chapter uh, 20, 29 through 34 tells about this. There are two blind men, doesn't give any names. We'll read here in Mark chapter 10. We'll start in the, uh, the 46th verse. It says, um, now they came to Jericho, or to Jericho, and uh, as he went out to Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then, the, um, 
Then they called the blind man, saying, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. Verse 51. Uh, so Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may, that I may receive my sight. Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Then go over to Luke, uh, the 18th chapter. We'll read this again in Luke chapter 18. Just different things that are pointed out here that we'll, we'll look at. Uh, Luke, the 18th chapter. We'll start in verse 35. Luke 18, 35 says, Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before him, or went before, warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he was asked, saying, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. So we have, like I said, in these, these uh, verses here, we've got the account here of blind Bartimaeus. Uh, being healed and, and confronting Jesus, coming across Jesus. And so uh, there's a couple things we want to look at about blind Bartimaeus and something that, uh, well, now we'll call him Bartimaeus. He's not blind anymore, right? Uh, but about Bartimaeus that we see that uh, Bartimaeus was a spiritual man. He obviously had some spiritual insight and some spiritual understanding. Remember, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. And these are important things that, that the Bible brings out because, um, uh, you know, there were many times where, where people uh, during the life of Jesus, where people would, be, would come across Jesus' path and they wouldn't recognize who he was. And because they didn't recognize who he was, they missed their opportunity, they missed their answer. And uh, so it's so important to make sure that we're staying in a position uh, of, of staying alert and aware of the leading of the Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and walking in the light of what we know because we don't want our opportunities to pass us by. And the different religious people of the day, you know, uh, they didn't know who he was. They didn't recognize him, but he recognized him as the son of David. And some people say, well, he shouldn't have called him the son of David. He should have called him the Messiah. Well, that is what he was doing. Uh, you know, that the Old Testament promise of the house of David that his rule would never end. And so this man being a Jew, uh, when he said son of David, he was actually calling Jesus the Messiah. He was actually identifying correctly who he was. And so he obviously had some spiritual insight, had some uh, uh, spiritual understanding. But like I said, the other Jews didn't recognize that. They just saw him as just many of the Jews, just saw him just as a teacher or, or a prophet. Some of them, some of them didn't even uh, attribute those kind of words. You know, you can be close on a situation, but not close enough. Those who thought he was a good teacher but didn't recognize him as Messiah didn't, wouldn't quite take what he said as seriously as they should have and missed out on their opportunity. But here, when we're talking about Bartimaeus, obviously he was, uh, uh, he was well aware of who Jesus was. He was well aware of who was passing him by. You know, there are many times when we're, we're dealing with things and, and things come across that we are believing God for. There are people that, and this is kind of a side note, you know, in our, our walk with one, one another. How many know we're tied together? 
And uh, blind Bartimaeus was not discouraged by other people's uh, uh, lack of recognition of who Jesus was. Uh, you know, a lot of times people don't see things correctly. And I'll just say, you know, don't limit what God can do for you based on what somebody else is aware of, right? It's important that we not limit what God can do in our life based on what somebody else is aware of at that moment. Uh, you know, several years ago uh, in the house Amy and I are, are currently in, uh, you know, I would not recommend this. I've told this before. I would not recommend this unless the Lord tells you to do this. Uh, it was right at the time where the market was crashing and there were problems. And, and uh, we had been in our current house. We'd been there two years. And, and uh, uh, you know, we, had, we just had a stirring. Something was up. And so uh, we'd gotten a call that another place had come on the market. And so long story short, we went and looked at it. And when I pulled up in the drive, I knew this is our next house. And so I called Amy. And I hadn't even gone inside yet. And she, I said, you know, uh, they'd given me the dress. And so I was just by myself. I wasn't even going to go in. And so I pulled up and, and uh, uh, I said, she said, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I'm standing outside this house. And, you know, and, and this neighborhood stand outside this house. And she said, that's our next house, isn't it? So she knew it too. And so, you know, we step, stepped out and uh, uh, well, prayed and asked Lord what he would have us to do. Well, you know, we had to take a big step of faith uh, in order to do that. And, and, you know, I had people that were telling me, uh, uh, people in the church, they're not in the church anymore, and, and they didn't leave because of this, but uh, <laughs> I didn't, we didn't excommunicate them because of this, but had people in the church who should have known better that actually laughed at me and said, oh, you've done it now. Because we, you know, we were in a house, we weren't ready to sell it, we had to, they, this house was a really good deal, and so we had 30 days to buy it, and they wanted cash. Well, when you're not planning on buying something, you just don't have that kind of cash just laying around. So we took out a max out our home equity line. I would not recommend you do that. Our line of credit in our house. We called my parents, called Amy's parents. We maxed out our line of credit with them, you know, and, and we called, hey, we'll just pay cash for this thing, and we did. Well, now we've got two houses, and one we paid cash for, and, you know, we're, we're good sons and daughters. We weren't going to just not pay them back. And so, <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're going to pay this. Well, how's this going to work? Well, I don't know, but I do know what the Lord tells me to do, you know? And I had people that were religious people that didn't recognize the Lord tells you something. You can bank on that literally. And so we had to trust God. Even when the market collapsing, we had to trust God that he would come through for us. And you know what he did? And, uh, you know, so no matter what other people might say, when you've got the word of the Lord, stick with that. Amen. And so we know that here that uh, Bartimaeus, he recognized who Jesus was. We also see that he was persistent in faith. Luke 18, on the, in the 36th verse, says, And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him it was Jesus of Nazareth passing by, and he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before him warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people think if I'd only been there with Jesus, things would have been a whole lot easier. How many know that whether you were alive then or you're alive now, there's still opposition? You know, the definition of the word uh, uh, persistence, what I say it was, it was uh, steady persistence in a course of action, purpose, or state, especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, Brother Hagen would say obstacles, or discouragement. Well, that's one of the crazy words, Brother Hagen, you say. What did Randy say when he was here? He had a crazy one. He said, blaspheme, blaspheme, blaspheme. So you have obstacle, obstacles and blasphemes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> steady persistence in a course of action, purpose, a state, especially in, a, in, a, in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. You know, sometimes we read these accounts in the Bible, we think, oh, that's just because there was so much grace during this time. There's just as much opposition then there as there is now. 
And so when we read these, these, these accounts in the Bible of people who, who persisted and stood up for things and, and, and wouldn't back down no matter what the opposition was, it should be encouragement to us because God's not a respecter of persons. If he did this for Bartimaeus, he'll do this for you. If you'll be persistent and steady in our pursuit of him and standing by God's word, God will come through. He will do what he said he would do. But it requires us to be persistent in the face of opposition. I mean, no, there is opposition all around us that is facing us. Anytime you're going to step out and do what God's told you to do, you're going to have opposition, right? We've been called to live a supernatural life, meaning above what's natural. And if we're going to really be walking with him, and I'm, I'm even saying going forward into the future, God is going to ask us to do things that are bigger than us that's going to require us to trust him and follow him and persist even when it doesn't look like it's even possible to work. But if we'll be steadfast and stay hold of what God's word said and not get discouraged and not give up, not throw in the towel, but be steady, we can have everything that he's promised us. We can have everything that his word guarantees us. We can have every single bit of it. But we've got to add persistence to our faith. Persistence to our faith. Now, Bartimaeus had opposition. Imagine being in the crowd. Sometimes we read these things and we, 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 we don't realize what was going on. This is somebody whose, whose livelihood at this point was coming from the same people that were telling him to be quiet. Now, from a financial standpoint for old Bartimaeus, had, if he had made everybody in the crowd mad, how many know that was not only was he not going to be able to see, it was also going to hurt his ability to get his next meal. See, sometimes persist, we, we, perceive, we, we persevere in areas where the consequences aren't that great. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we, have you ever been there before where you start analyzing how bad are the consequences of this or, or of my decision? If I really go after this and it doesn't work, what's it really going to cost? Anybody ever been there but me? Oh, don't look so holy, right? We've all been there, right? This was, this was basically threading the, his very livelihood at this point. If he ticks everybody off, he's not going to be eating. But in spite of that, he was like, listen, there's something I want. I know who this is. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is where my answer is. Even though you don't know that's who's walking here, I recognize who it is. And I don't care who you are. You're not going to get me to be quiet. I'm going to get what belongs to me. And you're not going to get in my way. There's a persistence there that if Bartimaeus could do it, not even knowing what we know, how much more are we equipped for this? Because Bartimaeus hadn't been given everything that pertained to life and godliness, but you and I have. We've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, so our persistence is even that much more guaranteed because our foundation is sure and we have everything that we need to do it. That's good news this evening. Must be persistent, must be uh, persistent in what we do, amen? And so, you know, uh, 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 we are the ones that have to make decisions and deal with adversity and things when they come our way. There is a God side to thing and there is a man side to every, everything we're believing for. And oftentimes people fall into a trap where they're wanting God to do everything. I'm reminded of that story Brother Hagin told where he, the Lord appeared to him and was in the vision, you know, and, and this demon popped up and was making all this noise, talking to him. Brother Randy talked about when he was here, and, and, and he, Brother Hagin needed to hear this stuff. And so 
Uh, Jesus was saying, well, thinking, why didn't he do something about it? And finally he got angry and he said, you know, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And the thing, the thing, you know, was quite left. And he said, well, why didn't you do something? He said, well, I couldn't do it. You have to do something. Well, there are things that we have to do. We can't just put everything off on God. There are parts of our life, our, our walk of faith that we must do even when it is not easy to do it. Persistence is required. Uh, you know, the children of Israel were given to us as an example of, of persistence and what this means. We talk about uh, uh, the children of Israel, you know, being delivered from Egypt. Now, Egypt is a type of the world. Uh, they're in the world system, and it was a dry place uh, where labor intensive, where they had to do everything. It was uh, not by riverside. You know, it, was, it, was, it was, a, was by the Nile, but everything was very difficult for them. And there was obviously a life of labor that they had. Well, God delivered them, and yet they're still in the world, but they were called out of the world. We've been called out of the world as well. And so, you know, they were, uh, uh, went to the Red Sea and, and crossed the Red Sea. And 1 Corinthians talks about, you know, compares that to our baptism uh, by water. They were baptized in water. So there's a, there's a, it's an example for our benefit, right? And they're in the desert and, he, and, and they needed something to drink. And so uh, Moses smote the rock, hit the rock and water came out. Well, that's a type of Christ, you know, that, that he was smitten for our sake. And so life came out of him. Well, they get to the promised land or to Canaan. And of course, this is where this whole time God had been showing himself faithful. He was taking them somewhere. He didn't just take them out of Egypt to get them out of Egypt. He didn't just take them out of the world to get them out of the world. He was taking them to a place, right? And so they started this journey. And for us, the same thing is true. God doesn't just want us to come out from the world. He wants to take us somewhere. He wants to do something in our life that's a blessing to us. And so he had taken them along the way. And really every step of the way was was uh, uh, opportunities for them to, to grow in their understanding of God's nature and his character and who he really was and what he, say, what he was saying to them that he was also faithful to perform those things, really, so they could have their trust in what God had told them, let that grow, let them develop in their ability to walk in that trust. And so they get to the, to the promised land, and, and of course we know Numbers 33, they get there and, and uh, uh, they send spies into the land. And so they go in the land and they come back with a bad report. Well, a lot of people think the Canaan land, the land of Canaan, the promised land was a type of heaven. How many know that was not a type of heaven? It was not a type of heaven. That was heaven compared to where they were, but really it wasn't a type of heaven because when the spies came back, they said, yeah, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. That, that is a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And, and yes, the, the fruit is great there. It's wonderful. That's, that's a type and an example, a, a type and shadow of our rights and privileges in Christ. And so, yes, it's a wonderful place. It's exactly what it is. How many know heaven is also a place that is, it, it, it's, there's rivers that are there, right? It's a place of milk and honey. It's also a place where there's great fruit and great things there. It's a wonderful place. Well, there's a big difference between the rest of the description and that in heaven. Because they went on to say, yeah, but there's also the Hittites and all the otherites and the Amalekites and all these other guys. And then there were giants in the land. What does that mean when he said, he told, turn over to Joshua, uh, Joshua, the first chapter. You have to remember his promise, the, what the Lord had told them. Joshua uh, chapter 1. 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. All right, for anybody who's lost. Uh, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, it came to pass uh, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, I have given you, I have given you. That means God is saying it already belongs to them. This is the same thing he told them 40 years before, but they missed their opportunity. That generation died off. They missed their opportunity. He's still saying it's still theirs. He's already given it to them. He said, uh, for, you know, tells about all this, verse, every place that the sole of your foot will tread uh, upon, I have given to you, uh, as I said to Moses. So, this is something that belonged to them. But how many know that unlike heaven, there were giants in the land. There was obstacles in the land. This was, like I said, the promised land was a shadow, a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit and our rights and privileges in Christ that belong to us. These things belong to us. But just like there, there are obstacles, there are giants, there are enemies in the land that we've got to do something about. There are obstacles in your life, obstacles in your life. There's obstacles. There are, might even be a few giants, mountains, different things in your life that you are going to have to face. And if you wait for God to take care of it, he's already given it to you. It already belongs to you, but you still have to take some action and have some persistence in what you believe to be true, what God's word promises. And so the children of Israel, obviously, you know, that this group understood it. They said, okay, the last generation died off. We get it. We're not going we're to we're die in the wilderness. We're going to go in and take it because he who promised is faithful. We're going to go do this. Well, the first city, the place they get to, where was that? Anybody know? One of the first places they get to, one of the first cities they come across? Jericho, right? They come to the city of Jericho. Interesting. Isn't that where Bartimaeus was outside of Jericho, right? And so they, they come to the city of Jericho. Like I said, the, the children of Israel has given to us this, this progression as an example for our lives and the time we live in. Well, what did God tell them to do? To march around the city for seven days, right? I thought about marching around the room tonight as I talked for a few minutes, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to wear myself out. But, you know, we, th- we read these things. We take out the humanity of some of this stuff. Now, I don't know how big Jericho was, but if you have a walled city, it's not the fort in St. Augustine. The, Saint, the fort in St. Augustine is big enough, right? But that is not a city. It is a fort, right? There's a big difference. So I don't know how big this thing was, but think about what God told them to do. Now, put yourself as one of the children of Israel. If I put myself in this situation, I'll be honest, the thought would probably enter my mind as I'm walking. I, it, would, it would enter my mind before I started walking. Let's be honest, right? We're going to do what? The Lord said for us to do what? To walk around this thing seven days. The first six days, walk around it. Of course, Joshua told him to be quiet. Why? Because he didn't want them opening their mouth and saying the wrong thing, right? But to walk around this thing one time a day for six days. Now, I know these guys understood construction. I don't think any of them were under the impression that our footsteps were going to somehow mess the foundation of this city up. Do you think that some of them were thinking that? So, oh, well, I bet that's right. That's a good plan. If we just walk a bunch, I bet we can make this whole, we can just unsteady the foundation. None of them thought that. What are they doing? They were having to simply obey what the Lord told them to do, even when it didn't make any sense. 
walking around there six times, you know, six days, one time a day. On the seventh day, walk around it seven times and then blow the trumpet and shout and the walls will fall, fall down. Now, why did the Lord have them do it that way? I don't know. I don't exactly know what the purpose was of just making them walk around the city. I don't know. The one of the other things, I, one thing I do know is I'm not God. And I don't have to know everything he tells, to, he tells us to do or tells them to do to know that it works. Something one minister said, he said, never let a question interrupt your fellowship. Never let a question about what something means or why you, something is, you need the Lord tells you to do something a certain way when it looks like it would make more sense to do it this way. Never let a question interrupt your fellowship, your communion and your, your interaction with him, right? Why did they do it though? I don't know. Have you ever been there before? The Lord tells you to do something and you question, well, why in the world would I do that? What's the point of that? What's that gonna do? Go tell, go tell so-and-so something. Well, what's that going to do? Go give somebody this. Well, what's good is that going to do? Anybody ever been there before? Yeah. Well, the, what is that? that is, those are thoughts that come against us. Anything that's contrary to the word of the Lord, that is, that is, that is something, that is opposition that's presenting itself. We have a, you have a decision to make. Are you going to fall, fall over for that? Are you going to give in to that? Are you going to let that question deter you? Or are you going to simply be persistent and do what he told you to do? Right? And so they walked around the city. The seventh day, of course, we know they walked around it seven times, blew the trumpets, they shouted, and the walls fell down. But there was opposition that they faced. There, were, there, was, there was something there that required them to do more than what was easy and comfortable. They had to get outside of their comfort zone to, to have the promise God had given them. There are things in our lives that are going to cause us to get out of our comfort zone. That's encouraging, isn't it? There's stuff that we're going to have to get outside of our comfort zone if we're going to do what God's called us to do. If you're going to be who God's called you to be, you're going to have to be uncomfortable. You might even take a little bit of criticism from somebody else. Do you think the guys on the wall were making fun of them, the folks in Jericho? Because we know beforehand they were afraid because they boarded themselves up in the city when they heard the children of Israel coming because they heard the stories about what happened in Egypt and about the big swim party they had. So they were a little nervous, right? But then they see him start walking around. I'm sure they're thinking, what are y'all doing? They probably start thinking, I guess these guys have lost their mind. One minute, somebody who thought that, who was afraid of them is now scoffing them. See, we, we put too much stock in what other people say. We, we put too much stock in things. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. What has the Lord told you to do? What has the Lord told you to do? What does it look? Doesn't matter. What does somebody say? Doesn't matter. What has the Lord told you to do? Persistence is required. Persistence is necessary. There is a God side, but there's also a man side. Being obedient is so very important, but being persistent in our obedience, quick to respond is vital. If we want to make sure that our, our foundation is good, that we never stumble or fall, being persistent in our pursuit of him. Uh, uh, Many people think that just because the Lord God has promised something or provided something or even declared that it's yours, it'll just fall in your lap. That's not the way it works. I said, that's not the way it works. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> we know salvation has been provided, but a lot of people don't get it. Salvation has been provided. A lot of people miss out on it. Why? Because they got to they persist. They got to go through. They got to lay their life aside, Right? 
They have to lay their, that life down and commit their life to Christ. It's not about praying a prayer. Now, you have to pray a prayer, but same point, it's a laying down of one's life. How many know that's an action you have to take? And there's opposition to giving your will up and submitting it at the feet of Jesus, right? We know about the, 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 the different religious people. They many believe, but a fear of the Jews, they said nothing. Well, they, they believed, but they weren't willing to do it because it required too much of them. So salvation has been made available, but not everybody gets it. Just because God provides something doesn't mean you're going to walk in it, but you can if you'll persist and keep moving forward. Amen? Going back to Blind, blind, uh, uh, blind Bartimaeus, go to Mark, the uh, 10th chapter, Mark chapter 10. I have a, my, my phone up here with a timer, and I always intend to start it, and I almost always forget to do it. Anybody know when I started? Oh, Rachel knows. Oh, super spiritual lady over there. All right, she's counting. What, what time was it? 7.15, okay. I kinda, do you feel like I set you up a little bit? Maybe I did. But anyway, uh, I, di- I did forget to uh, start it. <laughs> I knew Rachel would know. She's never spiritual. But anyway, uh, just kidding, just kidding. What did I say? Go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, right? Verse 49, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Uh, then they called the blind man, saying, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Notice he threw aside his garment. He took total abandonment from his old life and threw that thing aside. Now, you know, as I said, Matthew uh, chapter 20, we give the accounts two different uh, blind, blind men are noted there, uh, but Mark and Luke only talk, talk about Matthew or talk about Bartimaeus, but maybe, maybe the other guy didn't throw something aside. I don't know. But Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus threw his cloak, Barkimaeus, uh, for all our Willie George folks from the day, uh, Barkimaeus threw aside his cloak, right? What was he doing? He was separating himself from that old life. Well, I can meddle right there, but I won't. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, we, we want to we we be persistent. Like I said, at the point that it didn't cost us anything. Sometimes we, 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 we like to, we, we, and I've been there myself, right? That we want to we want, we get God involved, but only as long as it's safe, right? Only as long as it's safe and doesn't, doesn't hit us where we live. I mean, he already, he already told those guys, listen, kept, kept crying out. He already was running the risk of making them offended that, you know, that he was being loud. Now he's even getting rid of his garment that brought attention to him. He's getting rid of everything attached to being blind. Notice nobody else threw that thing aside but him. He had to throw it aside for himself. I just want to ask you, what is it that you're holding on to? What is your safety net that you're holding on to? Well, I don't know why things aren't working. Well, what are you holding on to a plan B? Do you have options you're holding on to? And like I said, we've all been there, right? But if we're really going to walk out and, and do what God's called us to do, there's got to be a total abandonment in these areas. He threw his garment aside and went after Jesus. And so, you know, uh, one thing Brother Randy had talked about when he was here, he, he told the story about the, uh, the guy, you know, chasing the, the raccoon, and, raccoon into the tree. I always thought that was Randy's story. But because I heard him tell it before, but that was Jerry Clower, Jerry Clower, and uh, I always thought it was Randy's story. Some friends of his, I was kind of disappointed to find out it wasn't. But anyway, I'll keep thinking it was Randy's. But um, uh, he talked about you know desire being so important. How many know that our desire for something is really attached to our persistence? How bad do you want something? How bad do you want something? 
You know, this last week, uh, Pastor and I, we went down to, um, on Tuesday, I took him down to meet with Amy's dad, and uh, uh, we went down and did some tarpon fishing in Boca Grande, so we met him at Boca Grande, and uh, it was a long day, eight hours of driving, it was a lot of driving, but it was a lot of fun, and so we get there, and it was kind of a slow day. By the way, on Thursday, Dad, on Thursday, how many did they, did they, they, they hooked up 15, so they linked onto 15 and brought six into the boat, Yeah. We should have gone on Thursday. But anyway, uh, we still had a good day. So uh, Pastor, he caught the first fish, caught a 90 to 100 pounder, you know, and, and it was put up a good fight. Well, now it's my turn because, you know, you want everybody to get a chance to catch one. So to be honest with you, I was, I, w- I was actually talked to the Lord while I was there. Lord, I'm all right if I don't catch one because I've done this before. And so I thought, I'm all right if I don't catch one. It'd be nice, but I'm not going to complain if I don't. I'm old man of faith, right? So. We're sitting there, and, and sure enough, I get, a, I get a hit on my line. Of, so I get all excited, you know. And so, so the pastor was believing for me because I'd already said I don't care. And I tell you the reason why I don't care is, well, it happened. So I, I was like, you know, I don't even care, but he's overriding my faith. Anyway, so I had my line down the water, and one hits it, and I knew this was a good one. And, and Sam was teasing me as we're doing this. He said, there's an old saying that when you catch a fish like this, ever, anybody ever tarpon fish before? They, they put up a bit of a fight. They're not just, you know, lazy fish. I mean, they put up a lot of fight. And so he said, there's a saying that when you catch a fish like this, you're afraid that it'll get off the hook. You're afraid the thing will jump off the hook. But after a little while, you're afraid it might not get off the hook. And so, and so I'm starting to fight in this thing. And so they've got, you know, a leader where they've got markers on the leader. They've got a, a green line at 42 feet uh, deep. And you drop it down in the water, 42 feet. And then they have another red marker at 60 feet that you drop it down to 60 feet. And so the guide tells you, okay, green on reel, green on, on tips. You know where to put it because he knows the depth of the bottom. And so I had it. It was, I think it was on red when I, when I caught the thing. It was on red, 60 feet down. So I'm automatically thinking, okay, I'm catching a big fish, and this is 60 feet below the, below the boat. This is going to be fun. So I start working on that thing, and, and five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by. I mean, after 10 minutes of fighting something, you get start getting a little, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this thing won't get off my line. I'm already starting to get there, and Sam's teasing me the whole time. Well, I start reeling this thing in. I'm working on this thing and working on this thing. Well, 15 minutes goes by, and this whole time, I'm, I'm reeling it up to the red line. I'm reeling it up. The green line, I reel it up, and then it just goes and I got the drag set right the, the guide kept checking oh your drag is right I just got it he's a big fish like great so and he would pull it all the way back out and I'd reel it back in you know 20 minutes goes by I got technically I caught it at 20 minutes because it's a technical catch when the when the leader is seen out of the water that's what the guide said not me I'll take it with him but anyway so the leader was about four to five inches from the from the tip of the rod the rod this thing was caught so I had brought it all the way from 60-something-plus feet because it took the line and passed the red and did this multiple times. I brought it all the way up to the boat, and then it started going again, and I had to let him run. He went all the way out past green, all the way out past red. I've been doing this for 20 minutes, and this crazy fish just took the line. All I mean, taking it all the way back out. I was thinking about, oops, sorry, I slipped and cut the line. I'm thinking, okay, right? My persistence was starting to give up. Well, then it comes down to how bad do you want this thing? I ended up fighting the fish for 32 minutes before the fish finally gave up. The, the reality is that fish can only fight that rod for so long. No matter how big the fight in that thing was, it's going to have to give up eventually. It's just, am I willing to outweigh it and keep doing my part? Or am I, or, or am I willing to just cut bait and say, you know what, let the thing go. I'm going to let it. I'm just, it was a fun. I already technically caught it, right? But I didn't actually see it. We hadn't seen it yet because it was still under the boat. 
I wanted to see that it wasn't, by the way, it was a 130 pounder. Ching, ching. It was a big, it was a big, big fish. But, uh, and it was super tired. Pass, pastors was jumping, which when they jump, they tire out real quick. Mine just didn't want to jump, so it just stayed full of energy for 32 minutes. But anyway, persistence is definitely tied to your desire. He talked about that. And so, you know, you got to really know what is, how important are these promises that belong to you? How important are these things to you? That's going to, how, how, how badly do you want these things? Because you're going to have oppositions and those things might even at times seem like you're getting a grasp on it. And then at times I may take the line back out on you, right? It'd be one thing if I was reeling it in, it's a little, I'm sure Captain Kirby can relate to this. You're reeling this thing in and, and you're feeling pretty good, but then they take it out. It can be a little discouraging. It can look like you're losing ground for a moment. You ever been there where you believe in God for something and you have some success or seemingly you think like things are working and yet then you start getting tired and it looks like there's some opposition and, and ah, what am I going to do? Well, that's kind of, sometimes, sometimes there are things that try to take the line back out on you. But I had the thing hooked. And the fact that it was a fight, I knew I had my, if the line had gone limp, I knew I'd lost the fish. Sometimes we mistake the fight, the opposition. We see it as just this, this super discouraging thing. But, all, but at the same time, it can be discouraging if we allow it to be. But it's also a, quite an encouragement when, when there's opposition because if you didn't have a hold of it, there'd be no fight in it. I said, if you didn't have any, if, if you didn't have a, a hook in the thing, there'd be no fight there, right? I've never fought a fish that I didn't have on the hook, right? I've never fought a single foot fish that didn't take the bait. I never fought a single, fought a, had a fight with a fish that was tiring if I didn't have the thing hooked. See opposition for what it is. Not as, not as we allow ourselves to be discouraged, but discouraged, but take it as an encouragement that I've got to hold something. I just got to keep doing what I know to do. Keep reeling that thing in. Keep fighting that thing, no matter what it looks like. Keep doing what I know to do. Keep fighting that thing. God's word is true. God's word is true. I said, God's word is true. You got to keep fighting those things. A lot of times, you know, we, we, we think in, in terms of, uh, you know, well, I'll just say this, you know, staying with God's word, sometimes, take, sometimes people are more diligent in natural things than they are spiritual things. They'll go to the doctor, go back for a follow-up visit, and I'm not against going to the doctor, go if the Lord tells you to go, go if you need to go, it's fine. But they'll do this regimen of, of treatment that you're supposed to do, but they won't get into the word at all about it. They'll take a pill every day, but they won't get in God's word about it. Proverbs 4 says that your, his word is a medicine to us. You listen, if you believe, if you want something bad enough to take the pill every day and to go to your follow-up appointment, want the thing bad enough to get into God's word. Fight it. Well, it just doesn't seem like anything's happening. Like anything, you feel like anything's happened when you take that pill. Right? Has anybody ever had an infection and you take that first dose and you're like, whoa, I feel great. No, you usually feel worse. Right? Fight that thing. Well, praise God. A lot of times people think of, you know, finances, health, personal things like this. But, you know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that the just shall live by faith. I'm not, it's more than just a transaction in things. Believing that you receive something. And that's a vital part of it. That's a big part of it. But the Bible says the just shall live by faith. What is that? It's a core belief in who we are. It's a belief in who he is and who we are in relationship to him. We've got to be persistent in those things. I mean, you know, there's opposition opposing and coming against 
the lifestyle of a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's opposition. There's greater opposition now than there's ever been. If there was an opposition, then we'd know we didn't have something. We, didn't, we weren't hooked on to the right thing. But it, it involves other areas. I was thinking today, you know, raising your family. You know, we, we've had some craziness going on here at Santa Fe. I got kid, you know, son at Santa Fe. We had stuff going on, stuff going on in the school. People getting off in fear about things. Listen, the Bible says if you raise up, you train up a child when he's young. They'll not depart when they're old. Train them in the way they should go. Listen, trust God's word. Be persistent to invest. Believe. Have enough faith. Have your faith strong enough to invest in these areas of your life. Right? In your marriage. Now, Amy and I is the only marriage within the, uh, probably in the whole room that never had an argument. It's perfect. But no, we've had times where we've had to, it was a joke, y'all. Right? We've all had times where there's been, y'all are so serious. Bless you. All right. So, Amy and I, we've had times where we've run into some patches where we didn't even like each other. Can I get an amen? Not from you. All right, so. People, people say, well, you know, you got to live by faith. Well, in your marriage, what does that mean? I was talking to somebody this past week. They don't go here. They don't live in this area. They know a friend of mine, and he's, they're having some problems. And so we were talking on the phone, and he's saying this and that, and, and they're both believers, spirit-filled, and this and that. And I said, listen, brother, you got to know that, that, you know, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm praying for her. Well, keep praying for her. He was quoting a lot of scriptures at her, probably not the best idea, right? How I many know we've all been there, right? I said, but brother, man, you're praying for her. Don't give up because he was getting tired. I said, man, what does the Bible say? The effective, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much. You're praying about the situation. You're making tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. What do we believe? What is the faith we're supposed to live by even in our marriages? Keep doing it. So many marriages fail because people aren't willing to, to be persistent about it and to live by faith. You still got to walk in love, right? It's a four-letter word in church, love. You still got to live by it. Well, he's like, well, I mean, it's like this, that, and the other. I said, listen, bro, you just got to do what you know to do. Trust God to do his part, but you got to do your part. You can't be expecting God to do his part when you're acting like a hyena. You can't do it, Right? Well, it doesn't matter what any, and he, he was like, I know you're right. And he's, he's doing, he's doing, what he needs to do, but they're both, they both need to grow here. The just shall live by faith. What are you, what are you being persistent in these areas? Not just believe in God for healing or for finances, which is great, but what about in your, your testimony? Are you being a light? The truth is you are a light. Jesus has made you a light. Salt and light, you are salt, you are light. Are you doing it, right? It's a part of our faith. It's a part of who we are. It's a part of what we believe. Are you being light actively? You know you are. Are you being light, right? We're talking about being persistent. Well, you know, my boss, I can't deal with him. Listen, handle your business the right way because even though you're getting some opposition, you may be on the verge of breakthrough there and you may be on the verge of winning that person. You may be on the breakthrough, on the verge of the, the biggest promotion of your life. Stay true to what you believe. Be persistent. I've had times where, you know, that it was tough. Got to do what I got to do. I got I to gotta keep, I got to, I gotta, you know, in this situation, I got to do it. And, 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 you know, God is so faithful, so faithful. 
When I had done what I needed to do, it was right on time, isn't the answer? You gotta be persistent in what you believe, in the faith. Amen? I know we gotta stop, but go to Luke chapter five, Luke the fifth chapter. I got Rachel over there tapping her watch at me. I gotta hurry. Rachel, Luke chapter five. <laughs> she's not, she's not. Luke chapter five. And this is something else that, that, that is easy to lose sight of. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every, of every town of Galilee, Ju Judah and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Think about this. God was on the scene. They had the right fish. They were hooked up to the right one. At least... At least they were bobbing in the right area, right? He was present. He was, he was there inviting. Verse 18, the behold, uh, men brought on, on a bed a man who was paralyzed, who they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down on his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. People pitch the fit. He's like, well, is it hard to see your sins are forgiven? Arise, take up your, you know, be healed, take up your bed and walk. And, and he said, just to prove that I can do it, take up your bed and walk, right? But notice it says that when he saw their faith, this man received his healing. Something that, that is an area that we should always be contending to grow in is not just being persistent in our faith for ourselves, but being persistent in our faith for somebody else. Are you listening to me? Being persistent in our faith, the faith, in believing for somebody else and contending and standing on behalf of somebody else. Being persistent in those areas. Even when it is difficult, inconvenient, and untimely, it might even make a mess. Jesus, when he saw their faith, I don't even know if this guy was... He was crippled on the bed. I don't, it doesn't say that he was encouraging them to tear the roof off. We don't even know what he was doing other than he was laying there. But his friends were so determined to get him what he needed. They're willing to push through. And no matter what the, 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 the opposition was, no matter how inconvenient it was, they were going to get their friend in contact with the one who was present to heal. They were going to get him in contact no matter what it took. This, this, the, the this doesn't tell us any of the position of the man himself. Of course, he had, I'm sure he had to be in agreement because that would be unsettling to be hoisted up on the roof and lowered down, right? I would not enjoy that. But we don't know. The Bible doesn't mention it, but it does mention the men, their faith, right? So one of the things to be persistent is in our faith, what others are believing for, where others are at. You know, it, it's so easy to get consumed with what we're facing and we miss out on, on the, we miss our opportunity to stand with our brother and sister. This is, this oftentimes, that, that our, our faith in the exertion of what we believe in the energy can actually become selfish if we're not careful. Are you listening to me? You know, me and mine, that's what I'm gonna believe for. And all good things, those are great areas. But this particular situation had nothing, really didn't benefit these, these other people. 
other than this was their friend, someone that, that their heart was open to. Oh, Lord, let our hearts be open to one another. Let our hearts be open to one another. Let our hearts be open to one another. To, to carry one another's burdens and things and to stand by people and to believe God with them and to do what it takes to see somebody get their answer. When they can't do it for themselves, sometimes people, he was in a position to tear the roof off for himself. How is he going to get up there? He's crippled on a bed. How is he going to get into the crowd? He couldn't do it. But these people had enough of a heart they recognized who Jesus was, yeah, but they, had, they loved this man enough to push through and be persistent, to push through in this face of uh, opposition and obstacles, whatever those things are, to push through that, to be steadfast and to go after this thing because what they saw this man, what was possible, they believed what was possible and they were going to get him to Jesus. I want to encourage you, let's continue to develop a culture where we're contending for one another and not just for ourselves, but contending for one another. Let me ask you this, who are you working on? Is the exertion of your faith and your, your efforts, is it solely upon you or are you dedicating any of that towards somebody else outside of your family? Those things are great. We ought to believe God for our families. We ought to do those things. Y'all understand what I'm saying, right? But we can't come to the, at the price where we never pay attention to what anybody else's, what the needs in anybody else's life. I know some of people don't like to hear this, but we have scriptural precedence for this. Isn't this what Jesus did for us in the first place? Did it benefit him one bit? He was already the son of God. He was already super important. Everything that existed was because he said it. He was already super cool, right? He did all of that for somebody else. I want to ask you, who are you standing for? Who are you standing for? What, what, who are you contending for? Who are you being persistent? What does that even mean? Keeping, keeping the word in front of them. Not in a spiritual beat-up way, but, but keeping them encouraged in God's word. Part of it is, and we don't have time for this, but how do, we, how do we stay persistent? Keep God's word in front of us. Joshua, keep the word of the Lord in front of you. Keep it before your eyes so you're not depart from it. Keep it in front of you. Are we doing that for one another? Right? Keeping the vision in front of people of what God has said, what God has promised. Listen, I know, I know you're going through something, but I'm telling you what, God's word is true. Don't give up on this. I'm believing. Keep presenting the truth, what God has said. You can have this. I'm here with you. We're going to believe God with you. You're going to have this. I'm right here with you. Right? Going out of your way for one another. I, 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 wanna, I just want to encourage you, every person in here, ought to have somebody that they're working on. You're investing in. Uh, whether it be un, an unsafe person or somebody in the church, pray, ask Lord, who is, who, who is, who would you want me, who would you want to, to pair me up with? And don't try to become their God or their pastor, but come alongside as a brother and sister and be an encouragement in life and run the race, the thing that they're facing, run it with them, Right? Believe God with them. Encourage with them. Be somebody that you're, you'll, you'll help do some dirty work for them if you got to. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to get my hands dirty with you. We're going to get this. That's a persistence in our faith. Persisting. Moving forward. 
I do know this. We also have scripture for it. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. I've had times where I've needed somebody to get their hands dirty for me. Needed somebody to get inside and get another shovel. Let's start digging, right? I've needed some help. We're all going to need some help. That's why we're here. That's why we're here, right? If you find yourself in a place where you never get any help, it seems like nobody ever comes alongside to help you, you got to take a step back. Have I been doing anything for anybody else? I'm not talking about just doing good deeds. I'm talking about getting there and persisting in the faith for somebody. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference. And not just a, well, brother, you got this. I believe in you. Sometimes that's good. Other times you need to spend time on your face. Right? Sometimes you need to get in there for them and, and do some dirty work. So to speak, you know, turn the TV off and get in there and crucify the flesh. And I'm going to get in there. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to get, I'm going to get in my closet. I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to stand. I'm going to fight with him. Right? Well, praise God. It's true. I tell you what, when you have a body that's doing that, I tell you, this man was so grateful for those friends. It made such an impact that the gospels recorded for our benefit, for our admonition, for our encouragement, man, to, 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 to be persistent for one another. I just want to encourage you, whatever's going on, get a hold of God's word. Some things, you know, you're not going to have verse, scripture and verse for the actual execution of every detail. You know, do what the word says, but when the Holy Spirit tells you specifics in things that don't contra- contradict his word, do those things. Be steady and persistent. I'm going to keep at, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep reeling it in. I'm going to keep reeling it in. I'm going to keep reeling that thing in. I'm not going to cut the line. I'm going to keep reeling that thing in. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to stay with it. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on my marriage. I'm not going to give up on my kids. I'm not going to give up on my family. I'm not going to give up on my job. I'm not going to give up on my church. I'm not going to give up on my brother and sister. I'm not going to give up on my healing or my prosperity. I'm not going to give up on any of it. I'm going to keep fighting this thing. I'm going to keep doing what the word says because I know I've hooked on to the right thing and I'm not letting go of it. Be persistent. Be persistent. Be persistent. Amen. Woo, we've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Let's be faithful to use it. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.